It is 15 minutes to 8. Tonight, if you will give me your undivided attention, I'm praying that God will help me to move through this message in a timely manner. But the message I have tonight is one is one that is it is very serious in nature. And I'm praying that God will open the eyes of those who are yet without Jesus Christ as Savior. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take God opening our eyes. The message I have tonight is a message that actually should invoke fear in all people, but I'm not impressed with salvation caused by fear. I'm impressed by the salvation when God opens the eyes of an individual. I'm impressed with the salvation that changes an individual's life forever. Oftentimes you see messages that invoke fear and immediate responses are given, but yet many times there are no changes in that individual. Fear has a way of subsiding. But when God moves upon an individual, it's something that will last. And I want to talk to you tonight about something that I feel is very important. Something that strikes fear in my heart. Not because I'm going to be there, but because of those who will be there. Many uh, people in my life, men that I've known for many, many years, men that I've worked with for decades, men who have already met their fate, their, their end of life journey has already come to them. Men that used to work for me in the refinery and men that have died at an early age for whatever reason. Men that I've talked to, men that I have instructed in the things of the Bible and yet many of those men never were changed in a spiritual sense. They now wait that Great reckoning day when God shall cast all Christ's rejectors into a place called hell. In Revelation in chapter 20, if you'll turn there with me for, for a little while this evening, I want to bring a message simply entitled, The Call to the Great White Throne. The Bible says of that great white throne, which is the final and the, 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 the ending judgment of the damned. The Bible says in verse 11 of Revelation 20, And I saw the great white throne. Now tonight, if you're here and you don't know the Lord is your Savior, I beg of your undivided attention. I plead with you right now to put aside anything that's distracting you. Because I want you to know tonight what the end is for the Christ rejecter. 
And I, I go back and I think about the rich man and Lazarus and I think about what the rich man said when he woke up. His eyes were opened and he was in torment. I think about the final resurrection of the dead. And there are two resurrections of the dead, one of the saved and one of the unsaved. Two different points and times of history. But at the end, in the great judgment, when the damned shall be brought forth, the Bible says they're going to stand at the great white throne judgment seat of God. And there is going to be some books opened. There's going to be a detailed layout of your life. And in that detailed layout, every sin that you ever committed is going to be before your very eyes. There's also going to be this old book right here. The Word of God, the the Holy Bible that you may be holding in your life right now or, or one that maybe has been given to you by, by even this church. That book is going to be there to be a judge against you. There's going to be the book of the living and the book of the dead. Those that stand at the great white throne judgment seat of God are not going to be in the book of the living. They're going to be in the book of the dead. Twice dead. Dead spiritually and dead physically. But here again the Bible says, And I saw the great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. Now this morning I mentioned about this place and time where the heavens and the earth flee away and it's just you and God. There's no other created particle that's even between you and God. It's you and God. The Bible says of those that stand before the holy and righteousness of God that men's knees will quake. When one of the prophets spoke and he said... Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, as he stood before the Almighty. Folks, I want you to know something. God is a great God. God is a holy God. And, and here the Bible says He's sitting on His throne, the judgment seat of all Christ's rejectors. And that's where we're at right here in Revelation 20 and verse 11 through 15. You're standing at the very, the very face of the Almighty God in His great white throne. The Bible says, The heavens and the earth flee away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things that were written in the books according to the works. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to his works. 
And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. May God open your eyes this evening. May God touch your hearts. You may be sitting in this house tonight. You may have a stony heart. You may be sitting in this house tonight and you say, I've heard that all of my life, preacher. But I'm praying tonight that God impels your heart with His Word. I'm praying tonight that God penetrates that old stony heart and breaks it asunder so that you may come boldly before Him and pleading for salvation. Oh, may God help you tonight. Heavenly Father, dear God, as we come before your throne tonight, we do so with humbled hearts. We come to you tonight with thankful hearts. Thankful, dear God, that we that are born again will not stand in this final day of judgment, but only the Christ rejecter. But Lord, even as I'm thankful that I will not stand there, I pray for those that are in this house tonight who are even now, now abiding in thy wrath. Lord, I pray that you'll open their eyes, you'll cause them to see the terribleness and the, the hideousness of an awful place called hell. Help them tonight, dear God, to realize who will be in hell. And what will be there? And what will not be there? The caress of a praying mother. The voice of a concerned father. The pleas of grandparents who have given the gospel to those The peace that passeth all understanding will not be in hell. The Bible tells us that it is a place of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And oh God, tonight I pray that you open the eyes of the lost. You convict them of their sins and show them their need of a Savior. Lord, bless this hour that we are gathered here in this house. Forgive us our sin in Christ's name. Amen. We sang that song a moment ago on 381. You know, as I, I sat and I listened to that song, my heart immediately went out to those that may be without Jesus. And I was thinking about one of the verses here. And I want you to listen to this third verse. Almost persuaded, harvest is past. Almost persuaded, doom comes at last. Almost cannot avail. Almost is but to fail. Sad, sad that bitter wail. Almost, but lost. I don't know about you, but that grabs a hold of my heart. 
That stirred me up a moment ago as I thought about King Agrippa as he says, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Then I think about the young people in this house and the young adults in this house who do not know the Lord as their Savior. And I go back to that thought of King Agrippa as he said, Almost thou persuadest me. I think about Paul's voice and he says, oh, but, what was it, not only almost, but altogether, that you might be saved by the grace of God. The Bible says, after the books were opened and after they're judged according to the works, the sea gave up the dead which are in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which are in them, and they were judged every man according to his works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, and this is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Dear sinner friend tonight, there are some facts that I wish to state about this time and the future of every Christ rejecter. You say, well preacher, I don't really intend to reject Christ all of my life. There's coming a time that I believe I will trust the Lord, but the Bible says even of King Agrippa, there never was a time as far as we know that he came to know the Lord Jesus Savior. He said, almost, almost thou persuadest me. But I want you to notice with me first of all, and again, I know the hour is late and, and I know that, that the time is, is growing near. But I want you to just listen to me for a few minutes here. I want you to notice first of all the surroundings of this judgment. The Bible says in, in Revelation 21 and 1, in the latter part of it, the Bible says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. The thing I want you to realize tonight is there's coming a time when this old earth that you now sit in, the Bible says it's going to melt with a fervent heat. And all that's in it's going to be burned up and there'll be no more sea. We're talking about a time, you know, we talk about, you know, you hear so much about global warming today. You hear so much about mankind is promoting global warming. But I want you to know there's a real global warming coming. And it's a real event that's going to take place upon the earth. And it's not going to be caused by mankind. It's going to be caused by God. And He's going to burn the, the earth. In the skies thereof, the Bible says that the stars are going to fall from the heavens. The sun's going to be darkened. You're talking about a weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. There's going to be a day when the damned are going to know that God's in charge. A terrible fact is going to be that they're going to be cast into this awful place. The Bible speaks about a terrible fear. In Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11, the Bible says, And I saw the great white throne and him that sat on it 
from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away and there was found no place for them. Can you imagine the, being in a place and time where everything disappears between you and God and there's nothing, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Can you imagine the fear to hear the voice of the Almighty God as, as that voice penetrates your very being? Folks, I want you to know something. This is a real time, an event in the life of an individual that's coming. It's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Jonathan Edwards made that verse of Scripture famous, but I want you to know something. It's a real happening that's going to take place. And it is going to be a fearful thing to fall into the hands of that angry God. It's a fearful thing. When you stand at the great right throne judgment seat of God, there is no escape. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. You cannot get away from the all-seeing eye of God. What a fearful thing to imagine. What a terrible fear that must come upon mankind in Revelation chapter 6. And I'm not going to have time to read all of my scriptures tonight, but I want you, I want you to just think about this in Revelation chapter 6 and verse 12. The Bible says, And I beheld when he opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell into the earth, even as a fig fig tree cast of her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind and the heaven departed as a scroll and when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their places this is the time when God says you'll stand before me and the heavens and the earth will flee away what a terrible fear must come upon mankind when that happens I want you to think about the terrible figure that will be there. Revelation 20 and 12, again the Bible says this, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Friend, I want you to know something. This is an event that's really going to take place. So the first thing I want you to realize, Daniel talks about in Daniel chapter 7, a, a time when the redeemed even, in Daniel chapter 12 it is, the redeemed are going to be standing in a place of bliss. But in Daniel 7, it's a place that you don't want to exist in. That's what hell is like and that's what it is to stand before the Almighty God and His wrath. You see, we that are saved have been saved from the wrath to come. That's where you need to be right now. Because if you're not saved from the wrath to come, Revelation chapter 20 verse 11 through 15 awaits that individual. And listen, as I've said before, I've seen many people die in this, in this life. Since my ministry began, I've watched many men die. It's not a pleasant thing. It's not something that I believe I'll ever get used to. And I pray that I never do because I don't want to, I don't want to become hard to death. I want people to, I want to feel broken over death because I know there's a judgment to come. 
I want to feel broken over the death of young people because I know there's a judgment that that looms in the distance. So yes, I fear tonight. And I tremble at the aspect that there is some maybe in this house tonight who will not see the bliss of heaven. The prospects are there. Listen, the Christ rejecter is that one who refuses to even listen to the preacher, who refuses to listen to mom and dad as they give them the gospel story. Notice with me the next thing I want you to notice the sight of this judgment. Revelation 20 verse 11 through 15 talks about the background of this judgment. In Revelation 20 and verse 12 it talks about the books of the judgment. And as I said, this is one of those books that's going to stand before you, that's going to give an account. And it's going to, it's going to be pointed out to you. John chapter 3 verse 16 is going to be pointed right directly to you. It's a verse that you heard all your life. It's a verse that you heard Preacher Lybrook continue to say every Sunday and every Sunday night and every Wednesday. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Folks, I want you to know something. That will be pointed out to you. I think about these young people. I tell you, I love you to death. I go back and I think about little children that used to sit on my wife's lap. And I think about when we first came here, how, how, how all these young children were just being born and, and how many of them are saved by the grace of God. Praise God, but some are not. And my heart breaks because you're just like my child. You're just like my children. And I feel for you just like a child, just like a father feels for his own children. I don't want to see you suffer under the wrath of a, of a, of a sin-hating God. I want to see you come to Jesus. And I want to see you. I don't want to see you. And I pray that I don't see the great white throne judgment seat of God. You know, it's been said that there's a, there's a window in heaven that looks toward the earth and hell. I don't, I don't, I just can't see that. I do know that there is a wind in hell looking toward heaven. And I do know that those in hell today are looking to those in the earth. And they're praying. They're having a prayer meeting. And there's not a day goes by. There's not an hour in hell that, that, that exists without there being prayers being made for the, those left behind here on the earth. The rich man did, didn't he? Go to my brothers. He said, I've got brothers that need to be saved. Go to them that they might not come to this awful place. Friend, I want you to know something. I believe in prayer meetings in hell. Listen, I want you to know this as well. In hell, there are no ag- agnostic unbelievers. There are, no, there are no, none of those uh, atheists. I don't know where it went, but it was out of my head. 
There's not an atheist in hell. You know what? They believe. They know that there's a God. I had a man, young man, to tell me one day, not too awful long ago. I was telling him about Jesus and he looked at me, he's point blank and he said, Hey, I'm an atheist. My heart fell. Because you know what? He's been fooled by the devil. The devil has fooled him. And the very moment that he closes his eyes as an atheist, he's going to open them in heaven and he's going to see the God that he denied. And he's going to feel the judgment of a, and the wrath of a sin-hating God. Thirdly tonight, I want you to notice the call to judgment. Revelation 20 and 12, the Bible says, listen, that the dead, small and great, were what? They were summoned before the Almighty God. They stand before God. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are. It doesn't matter how much good you've done in this life. If you haven't trusted the Lord as your Savior, He summons you to come unto Him and you will come. Wouldn't it be better to come in this life? You know, every day, every time that you come to this house, you hear the old preacher get up and summon you to come to the gospel. I tell you what Jesus Christ says. He says, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Listen tonight. You're going to come. And guess what? You're going to bow your knee one day. Why not do it this side of eternity instead of the other side? You're going to stand one day. And you're going to bow the knee before the all-holy God of heaven. And you will own Him. You will know Him as the great God. You will know His Son as the Savior of all who would come unto Him. But you're barred from that coming now forth. No longer do you have the grace of God in your life. No longer are you permitted to come. You're confined just like the angels, the fallen angels who are even now confined and consigned to the depths of hell and chains. Think about this. Notice those who are in hell. I told you who wasn't in hell. Your saved parents, your saved grandparents, your saved friends, your saved family, they're not in hell. So who are you there with? Let me tell you, number one, you're there all alone. The Bible says it's a place of outer darkness. It's a place where there is no light. It's a place, and I've told you about this before, about being close to a house fire. I mean close. I'm talking about inside a house that was burning. And as I walked into that house, as I got down on my knees and I began to crawl into that house, at the outside I could see there was light. But once I penetrated that doorway, it was total blackness and total dark. You would think that there would be in a fire you would be able to see. But it's black night. 
That's what it's going to be like in hell. But not only will all Christ rejectors be there. Listen, the devil's going to be there. The false prophet's going to be there. The Antichrist is going to be there. The angels who fell from their first state, who have been chained and reserved for that hour of darkness to be cast into the depths of the, of the hell itself, are going to be there. The wrath of God's going to be there. Notice the sentence as I come to a close. Notice the sentence with me. Revelation 20 verses 13, the Bible says, And the sea gave up the dead were tree in it. And death and hell were delivered up the dead were tree in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Here we see, number one, a physical death. Number two, we see a spiritual death. And number three, you see an eternal death. What a hideous place to even think about. The place called hell. And it's immediately after the great, great white throne judgment seat of God. Now let me say this to you. I'm closing the book. I want you to know something about this book. It's the way of hope. You know when that book is closed in your life for the last time? No, you don't know when that's going to come, do you? But know this, it's coming. Because the Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die, but after that to judgment. So when this book closes for its last time in your life, that means there'll be no more hope for you. Think about that. Right now there's hope for you. Because the book has been opened. The way of hope has been given. The Bible states it very plainly about what the gospel it is. In 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4, it talks about the death, burial, and resurrection according to the Scriptures. That, my friend, is what you must believe in order to escape the pains and, and the horrors of a place called hell. In order to miss the second judgment. I go to the judgment of the redeemed and it's the Bema Seat of Christ. We're not there to have our our sins judged. It was judged at the cross of Calvary when Jesus Christ died for our sins. That's when judgment fell upon our sins. It was dealt with then. But our works are going to be tried. It's not going to keep you from going into heaven. But the, but the standing of your going in is affected. Are you going to have crowns to lay at the feet of Jesus or are you going to be saved yet so is by fire? In other words, are you going to be standing in the ashes or are you going to have something to lay at the feet of Jesus? That's what the beam of seat of Christ is all about. And I would much rather be there than to be at the great white throne judgment seat of God. Friend, I... And I never, and I never painted the full picture tonight.
of what it's truly going to be like. Time did not allow me that this evening, but I will. I just pray that you're still here to receive the warning. Now stop and consider what the book says. He says, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I'm meek and lowly. Folks, I want you to know something. The taskmaster of sin is a bearing, bearing prosecutor. Not only does he prosecute you, but he persecutes you to no end if you die in that condition. Oh, may God help you tonight to see your need and to come unto Him. Come unto Him tonight. Listen, tonight, this may be the only night of salvation we have. We don't know. But this one thing I do know, the offering is here tonight. We're still breathing. We're still on this side of eternity. There's hope for salvation to all who will come unto Him. It's a lively hope. It's something that you cannot, you cannot get away from. Oh, may God help you to see it. Let's all stand, please.